Happy Sunday, Church. Today's reading is from Philippians, chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. That's Philippians, chapter 1, verse 19. God bless the reading of his word. Sophia, thank you for doing our reading this morning. I'd like to ask you to join me now as we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us through his word. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are completely dependent on you for our life, for our breath, for everything. You are the creator, you're the almighty, you're the sovereign one. We worship you, we honor you, we love you. We run into your arms for comfort. We run into your arms for safety. We run to your arms because we know, know where else to go and we feel safe in your presence and we are. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we just pray for the struggles that we as individuals, but also as a nation, as a world, are going through right now. Thank you for getting our attention. Thank you for drawing people back to you. Thank you for drawing us deeper and deeper into our relationship with you because of the difficulties right now. Lord, we continue to pray for a revival in the world, for people to come to know Jesus, to come to know you. Lord, use us. Help our faith to be strengthened as you go through difficult times, as we trust you. Lord, we continue to pray for an end of this pandemic. We pray that you would get the glory, that you would get the honor. Lord, forgive us our sins as individuals, as nations, as a world. Forgive us, Lord, for turning from you, from sinning against you. Cleanse us, we pray. Cleanse our hearts as you cleanse our world, we ask. And now, Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, for him to speak through me words that are true and give glory to Jesus Christ. In whose beautiful name we pray. Amen. These are stressful times. Those of you who are cooped up with a full family of people in your house, needing some alone time, feel stressed. Those of us who are cooped up by ourselves, need some human contact so we feel stressed. So whether you're cooped up with others or whether you're cooped up alone, all of us are in a situation that is stressful, getting too much time with people or, or not enough time with people. It causes stress. It's unusual. It's unnatural. It's unhealthy. The Apostle Paul can certainly relate to us. In fact, since the Apostle Paul was chained to a Roman guard 24-7 for two years... He literally had no personal space. He had no alone time. In fact, to say it somewhat delicately, even when he went to the bathroom facilities, he had no alone time. And some of you who have toddlers or have had toddlers <laughs> can relate to that. Life is stressful and secular psychologists tell us life is stressful Get used to it. <laughs> but I would suggest that God himself has a better plan 
has a better answer, has a more helpful approach to the stress we're going through. And God's advice comes to us through the Apostle Paul, through some of the greatest documents ever written, written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he was quarantined, as he was in prison for two years in house arrest, chained to a guard. He was waiting to appear before the Roman emperor, Nero, which was one of his rights as a Roman citizen. As a Roman citizen, the Apostle Paul had the right to appeal his case to the highest court in the land, which was Emperor Nero at this time. And Emperor Nero himself would decide if Paul's case warranted life and freedom or death. And that's got to be stressful, especially knowing that Emperor Nero was known to be, in the world at that time, the most depraved ruler on the planet. He had murdered his way to the top. He had caused his own mentor, the philosopher, Seneca, to commit suicide. And he even had his own mother assassinated. One wicked dude. In 64 AD, shortly after the Apostle Paul was apparently released by Nero and set free for a time. In 64 AD, a terrible fire spread throughout the city of Rome, destroying upwards of 70% of the city. It's thought that Emperor Nero started that fire himself because he had wanted to level the city and rebuild it according to his own liking, and the Roman Senate wouldn't let him. But now, with 70% of it destroyed... And the fire went for over a week. With it destroyed, now he could rebuild. Nero wanted to get people not to blame him, so he started blaming the Christians for the fire, and a persecution began against Christians. And that led to the Apostle Paul's second Roman imprisonment, this time in a dungeon, not in his own rented quarters. And this time, Nero would sentence him to death, death by beheading. You see, because Paul was a Roman citizen, there was a second right he had, and that right was that he would not be crucified, because crucifixion used by the Romans was only used against non-Romans. It was so cruel and so painful. So the apostle Paul was beheaded, not crucified, but the apostle Peter later would be crucified because he was not a Roman citizen. Life for the Apostle Paul was certainly stressful. So what advice does he have for you and me, inspired by the Holy Spirit? Let's find out. As you read through the Apostle Paul's letters written from quarantine, you will notice something really peculiar. In fact, more than peculiar, you'll notice something miraculous. That even though his circumstances are stressful, he himself does not display any stress. Unless you think he's just masking it, listen to his own words when he tells us he actually was content under the stressful situations he lived under. In the book of Philippians, at the end of the book in chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 11. Philippians 4, verse 11. He says, I have learned. In other words, it's a process. Life and the Lord have taught him. 
I have learned to be content. There's a word we want to focus on. To be content in whatever circumstances I am. Whatever circumstances, he was content. So let me ask you, how about you? Would you say that you are content right now? And just by asking you that question, I might be putting more stress on you because you're not content. If only we could learn from the Apostle Paul himself the secret to being content. If only the Apostle Paul had thought to write it down. If only we could read what... If only we look at verse 13, we could know. (laughs) Philippians 4.13, the Apostle Paul wrote down for us to know the secret to being content in stressful situations, life and death situations. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Many of you have memorized that. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. Years ago, I was reading a comment by a pastor, a theologian on this verse, and he had me go back to it in the Greek, and his comment made me realize that this isn't the best translation for us, and we often misunderstand it and misapply it because of the way it's translated. There's a better way to translate it. You see, we often misapply it, and a famous football player, American football player, a quarterback, claimed this verse for God's power to throw a football. And I would guess so have pole vaulters and sprinters, ballet dancers and chefs, asking the Lord to give them the power to do what they want to do. As if we first get to choose the circumstance ourselves and then ask God to give us the power in the circumstance that we've chosen for ourselves. As if this verse is a verse promising to us superpowers for doing what we want to do. It's nothing of the sort. A more accurate translation from the original Greek, since Greek words can have several nuances of meaning, a better translation would go something like this. In all, and you can insert the word circumstances there, because that's what Paul's referring to, the circumstances of verse 12. In all circumstances, I am strong. That's what the word says. I am strong. And then it goes on to say, in him who is giving me power. In all circumstances, I'm strong in him who has given me power. You see, the circumstances the Apostle Paul is referring to are described in verse 12 as good times and bad times, as prosperity and want. The verse is not about you and me getting to pick the circumstances and then choosing to ask Jesus for help. The verse is about the circumstances having already chosen us. We don't choose the circumstances. The circumstances have chosen us. And our response is to ask Jesus for help, for strength to get through. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in verse 11 of chapter 4 of Philippians. In verse 11, he writes, I have learned to be content in whatever, that word whatever, circumstances I am. You see, the circumstances may have chosen you against your will. 
But your will can be used to choose Christ, to have the strength to get through the circumstances. And that is the secret to Apostle Paul's contentment. It's Jesus' help in stressful times. Now, at, some, at this point, some of you may be thinking, well, that's, that's all good, and I'm glad to hear it, and it's actually wonderful, in fact, but I thought we were in chapter 1. <laughs> and you'd be right, we are in chapter 1 of Philippians, but this is so good, I didn't want to wait to get to it, and it certainly helps apply to everything else that's coming. So if you have pre-printed the sermon outline, that's made available to you online. You can take it out at this time. And we want to look at stress and learn two things. You'll see on the top of your outline, your stress can be reduced and your satisfaction in life increased when you do two things. And the first one is this. Number one, look past the visible world to the just as real but invisible one. Look past the visible world to the just as real but invisible one. Now turning to chapter 1, verse 19 of the book of Philippians, we read this in verse 19. Apostle Paul writes, For I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The visible world for the Apostle Paul included his own rented quarters. It included a very visible Roman guard, a very visible chain between him and the guard. It included a very real nagging thorn in the flesh and perhaps many other very real and painful ailments. His very visible world included being separated from his friends, and his family, and his church. His very visible world included the need for someone to constantly buy him food and bring it to him because under house arrest, the Roman government was not feeding him. And so he needed someone to bring him his food on a daily basis. His very visible world included being unemployed, not being able to work and having no government assistance. In fact, it was the repeated gifts of the people in Philippi that kept him alive, and he gives them thanks for that in the end of the book, in chapter 4, verse 10. But the Apostle Paul's real world was infinitely bigger than all these things because it included the invisible world, the infinite world, the invisible power of the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. It included the invisible power of prayer in his life. It included the invisible and very real comfort of being part of the body of Christ and having Christian brothers and sisters around the world sharing with him in his life and his death. You see, the Apostle Paul had trained himself in stressful situations. He had learned to look past the visible world to the just as real invisible one. And that's where he found his help in time of need. And that's where you will find your help in time of need, looking beyond the visible world to the invisible one, looking to Jesus for your help.
And my friend, Alexandra, did just that. She looked past the visible world to the just as real invisible one. And she too, like us, was sheltered in place, though her circumstances were quite a bit different from ours. The year was 1999, and Alexandra was living in the country that used to be called Yugoslavia before it broke apart. And she was living there when American bombers and NATO bombers started bombing the city she lived in, in the city of Belgrade. She had sent her adult daughter to another country to live with an uncle to be safe, but because of her work obligations, she had to remain in the city of Belgrade. Two years later, in the year 2001, I had the privilege of flying to Belgrade to visit the family. And it was quite eerie to walk the streets of Belgrade and see the bombed-out buildings that we, as Americans, helped to destroy. I talked with Alexandra about her experience, and she related to me how the American bombers and the NATO bombers flew over the city of Belgrade while she was in a bomb shelter with her neighbors. And we bombed her city every single day for 79 days straight. And she was in a bomb shelter. And she, unlike her unsaved neighbors, was at peace. As a devout Christian, she looked past the visible world to the just as real invisible one. And in that bomb shelter, she prayed. She had a beautiful voice. She sang. In that bomb shelter, she read the scriptures, and she was content in some of the most stressful circumstances of her life, not knowing if she was going to live or to die. And ironically, in that bomb shelter, as American bombers flew overhead, she was listening to the sermons of an American preacher on a cassette tape. Mine. And God's word spoke to her heart. God's spirit gave her peace because she looked beyond the visible world to the invisible one. Whatever the circumstances, the Apostle Paul says, whatever they are, contentment can be found in your relationship to Jesus Christ. Look past the visible world to the just as real but invisible one. Which leads us to our second principle, and that's this. Choose the right dance partner. Choose the right dance partner. Let me explain. Going back to verse 19 of Philippians 1. Let's look at that verse again. There's an amazing Greek word there that can relieve your personal stress. It says, for I know that this shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision, that's the word we're going to look at in the Greek, the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul's confidence that he would be delivered from his circumstances, either through life or through death, either way, his confidence stemmed from the fact that he had chosen the right dance partner. That word in verse 19 that is translated provision, is it a Amazing Greek word. It's a compound Greek word, epihorias. And epihorias is correctly translated as provision or support, but it's a compound Greek word made of three Greek words 
The epi means fully. The hori or choros is the word we get chorus from. We just pronounce it a little different. We get chorus. And the last part from the word ago means to lead. And that word chorus can mean also in Greek dance. And so the word literally could be understood to mean to fully lead the dance, if you take the word apart. To fully lead the dance. And in secular Greek, in Paul's time, in ancient Greek, it was referred, this word referred to someone who fully paid for and provided for an epic chorus of singers and dancers. It's an amazing word. And so although the word is accurately translated as fully supply or support, a metaphorical understanding of this word would be to let Jesus fully lead your dance. And that's what Paul did. He let Jesus lead the dance. You'll be stressed when your dance partner is fear. But when your dance partner is Jesus, you'll be calm. When your dance partner is worry, you're going to be stressed. But when your dance partner is Jesus, you're going to be at peace. When your dance partner is frustration, you're going to be angry. But when your dance partner is Jesus, you're going to be cool, calm, and collected. You see... You and I may not be able to choose the music of the dance right now, but we can choose who we dance with. And the Apostle Paul chose to dance with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, even when he didn't like the music. What about you? To reduce your stress, choose the right dance partner. My friend Alexandra did just that. And now she's dancing on golden streets in the arms of Jesus in heaven. Friends, are you letting Jesus lead your dance? Both now and forever. And when you let him lead the dance, you will see your stress fade. Looking past the visible world, to the just as real, but invisible one. Would you pray with me? Again, I'd like to ask you to bow your heads so you can have a private moment. If you're here and you realize that Jesus is not leading your dance, it could be because you've never even invited him into your life. And if you're listening and you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins, to grant you eternal life, to fill you with his spirit and power, and you recognize your need for that, if you recognize that without Jesus, you will pass into eternity, to a Christless eternity, a place that we call hell. If you want to know Jesus, just cry out to him now. If you recognize that he died for your sins, that he rose from the grave, that he conquered death, if you want Jesus, if you want forgiveness of sins, if you want eternal life, if you want the power to live now and overcome your circumstances, Cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, save me. And you will. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the truth. 
that you have revealed the truth to us. We pray, Lord, that we would be better at letting you lead our dance. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise your name. Amen.